Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and our featured guest for this episode is Nowist. Nowist is the solo electronic music project of drummer Ali Seadat. If you are a fan of Canadian pop rock, you would be familiar with Ali's work behind the kit for the Juno-nominated band Mother Mother. On his recently released debut EP, Ali explores patterns and textures within an IDM framework, making for a dynamic, fluid, and engaging listening experience. Well, I'm very glad to uh, have you on the show. Um, I hope you're... uh, Know, safe and healthy and and all that uh how have things been going for you these past few months with this wild weird world that we're living in um you know it's it's a bit of a mixed bag it's a strange time and i think you know it's it's kind of that way for everyone um but i'm fortunate enough to to be able to say truthfully that i'm doing okay Everybody around me is healthy. My family's healthy. They're here. You know, um, I've had work, which is great. When you're in music and you've still got work, um, that's a really positive thing right now because uh, a lot of us are, you know, barely holding on to the music careers. And uh, actually, a lot of my friends are making changes. So, you know, I'm lucky enough to still be able to do music at this point. So, I, I guess that has to amount to me being pretty good right now. <laughs> uh, that's great to hear. And obviously you're, you're keeping yourself busy with uh, some other projects, which we're, of course, going to be talking about. You're most well-known as the drummer for Mother Mother, you know, one of the mo- most successful bands to come out of Vancouver in the last 15 years. And over the course of the band's discography, the group has used since on a number of songs and on more, roast, more recent albums, you've incorporated various electronic elements. But I wanted to ask, what is your relationship like with electronic and music? Yeah, electronic music, and what do you enjoy about this, you know, very broad genre? Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of view it like like a painter would, like an abstract painter. I, I think when when you come into music like this without lyrics, it's really about enjoying the sounds that you're making the same way an abstract painter would just enjoy looking at the colors that they're putting on the canvas. Um, and, and that's a really big part of it for me is, is to make sounds that I like, that I enjoy hearing, um, and, and, and combine them in interesting and, um, hopefully beautiful ways. Kind of on that note, what led you to start the Nowist project and to develop the material that would make up your debut EP? Well, I was kind of just creating um, freely just for the sake of enjoyment. And um, it, it started turning into songs. Um, originally, I mean, I started sort of exploring the electronic realm um, a bit more deeply in order to contribute more stuff to Mother Mother um, because it's, um, it, is, it is a creative force. Ryan in particular 
is, is a powerfully creative force. And, um, you know, it's, uh, there's so much that comes out of, of that band in, in a creative sense, because he's so prolific, that there's plenty of opportunities to kind of throw stuff at it. Um, and everything is so unique. Ryan's songs are very different. Um, they're all sort of their own unique animal. Um, and, and I just wanted to sort of contribute creatively in that way. So I, I tried to develop my skills in the electronic realm a bit more because um, I think all, all of us who play music, whether, whether you're a drummer, percussionist or not, at the end of the day, I think the melody is, is probably the biggest thing that sort of emotionally inspires us all. Um, and, and I wanted to create and, and contribute in that way. And so um, I started, you know, dabbling in my creativity using using synths and and computers and then um you know some of the stuff for a mother mother would would stick and make it into the songs and then other stuff would just naturally arise through the creative process that i would develop that would then turn into songs i don't think i really had um a vision in mind in terms of becoming a solo artist to begin with but I think naturally, as anybody starts to explore that creative realm and and sort of um, construct things that are deeper and bigger and and more intricate, it kind of it was an organic process for you uh, developing this mm-hmm. material. Yeah, um, and then you know, I think as musicians, naturally, we all end up you know being creative and wanting to create something that we like. In this, uh, to emulate the kind of things that inspired us to play music in the first place, um, you know that that emotional um, high that we ride when when we find a piece of music that we love that really blows our minds. It sounds like maybe nothing else that we've ever heard. We all kind of want to do that for ourselves, and um, the, you know, in the in the pursuit of that, naturally, um, I ended up finding things that that I really liked that I felt represented me as a human and as an artist. And, um, when I finished them, I thought, you know what, I can actually present these to the world and, and, um, and feel good about it. Do you know how many like ideas you kind of had sketched out that you were able to narrow down into these five compositions? Oh yeah. There's, um, too many to count, too many to count. I guess these five are the ones that, um, were, that remained inspiring enough through their lifetime that I felt compelled to finish them. Fair enough. And the music that became your debut EP, I read originally started out as meditation music, but at what point did you realize that you were developing material that was obviously much more dynamic and energetic than you originally intended? You know what? Every every piece of music that uh, I make usually just starts with a very simple sound that um that that i just really enjoy hearing that i could just sit and kind of listen to i like to craft the sound into something that's as tasty as possible to the ear um and so originally i thought that um, that i might be a, a very minimalist musical artist um and at the time i was i was meditating a lot and um i guess you know sound 
sound is a big form of meditation. And I had the, the idea that I wanted to make something that would inspire people to be still, particularly myself, to be still enough to just enjoy it. Um, but very quickly, I just wanted to add things to the pile. I mean, that vision, I, I must have started like a good 20 pieces of music with that vision and probably within a couple of hours realized that I wanted more out of it. It was so engaging and, and exciting that I wanted to pursue the excitement, which in a sense is actually the, the, the force that counters deeper meditation. It's like you want something really, meditation's really boring and the desire for something interesting kind of draws you out of that stillness and that state of mind. The excitement of wanting to add more stuff to the music kind of countered the, the intent of the, 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 the meditative elements of it. And I was going to say, it's, it's funny yes. you mentioned that because I believe the, and this might even be the Buddhist term for it, but the, the counteracting the monkey mind. It sounds like the monkey mind was kind of getting, getting away from you in a good yeah, way. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, the monkey mind was defeating the monk mind. The music you've produced has been you know, referred to as IDM, which is for listeners who aren't familiar with all the many subgenres of electronic music, is short for intelligent dance music, contested term in electronic music circles, but it's been used to describe the works of artists like Aphex Twin, Venetian Snares, Boards of Canada. Mm-hmm. What electronic acts do you find yourself particularly drawn to? Um. Well, it's certainly Apex Twin, um, certainly Boards of Canada. Uh, Amon Tobin has been a very big influence for me. Um, and uh, Bonobo is one of my favorites. Um, there's actually a band uh, called The Acid. Um, I don't know if Great name. you've ever heard of them. Yeah, um, they're very cool. And they're, they're very much a, a song-oriented band. Um and I would say that that was a really big influence for me when I was starting out making this stuff. It was very simple, minimalist stuff. I mean, it had vocals and it was very much like a band. You know, there, there's guitars in it, um, but it is very much an electronic and experimental sound based band. Um, and I guess it's those kinds of things that are my influences, much more so than things like, you know, your, your straight up house and techno and drum and bass. I was never really like a big rave goer or a big sort of club guy. Um, and, and so I never really got into a lot of those genres just because I wasn't into that scene. Um, I, I'm much more uh, a pursuant of, of the more sort of arty forms of electronic music. John Hopkins is another really big one for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, as a drummer, I imagine, I suppose, some of the more mainstream genres of electronic music being just less less interesting as a as a player with rave music. It's a fairly knocking on the door for for. Oh, are you still there? It's very monotonous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's um, a lot of that stuff. Drum wise, is is very very simple. Um, Having said that, I in a lot of my music, I, I somehow tend to keep the drums simple. It's not a very uh, drum-centric approach to the music. The drums are often almost the last thing that I sort of put in there. I usually end up focusing on the synths. 
Um, so it's funny how I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like the drums are are the most important thing. Now that being said, I heard that most of the sounds that you hear on the on the EP were recorded live on your electronic drum kit. Now, how would you program your kit in such a way where you could you know play it comfortably while also building and moving through these different textures and passages? You know, it's it's not a lot of live playing necessarily. What I would probably do um, most of the time when I'm playing the drums and putting it to this stuff is um, I would just cut interesting loops um, that I do. I would probably jam along to a song and then pick two or three loops and then just snip them up. I'd cut them in all sorts of places um, so that there'd be a bit of a live element there but also a very obvious um, programmed approach. Um, so sometimes it's a lot easier to kind of play an idea for me into the drum kit than it would be to sort of place the notes using my, my mouse or my trackpad, you know? So I would play it in um, within like 20 seconds or so. I'd play something that might take me five minutes to program just because the playing might be intricate or the beats might be intricate. But once I've done that, you know, anything from 30 seconds to two minutes of drumming, I'm kind of done. And then I get to the screen and then I would cut the bars and then sort of place the drums the way I'd want them um, just to bring that sort of aesthetic of, of an electronic programmed drum kit. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of highlight one of the songs from the EP as an example, Forest which is the first song, features a variety of mm -hmm. different effects. Uh, it starts with the sound of running water. There's ambient vocals. There's whooshing synths, which I'll note really pan nicely from headphone to headphone. I've got a nice pair of Audio-Technica he uh, headphones right here. Spon sponsorship would be great. Uh, how do you, I noticed that. Yeah. They are really nice. Yeah, industry standard. How do you go about <laughs> deciding what sounds belong where or in what order on a track? I've always been curious about that with electronic music. You know, for me, it's it's all about what's happened in that moment. I really do just follow my heart. If something sounds nice, I go with it. And then often, like, one whim leads to the next sound. Um, and it's always different. There's no system for me. Um, that song, Forest in particular... Uh, I played the drums in the very beginning and it's got a segment where the drums do come in that, that does sound like a live played kit. Um, but then within about um, two minutes of the song, it then goes to a much more trance, like four to the floor, just bass drum hitting. Um, and then all of the intricate drums sort of disappear just because that's, that's where the journey went at that point. Um, and actually I, I spent a lot of time on that particular song just trying to make the building of the journey just right. Just trying to sort of develop that trance-like state of mind that, that very gradually and almost unnoticeably grew in intensity as that song gets to sort of that climactic end. Along with Forrest, each of the songs on the EP you know, have a single word title, a lot, the other ones being City, People, Future, and Galactic. How do you feel each mm -hmm. of these songs captures the imagery associated with the respective title? I guess another way to ask that question is, 
did you write each song with a theme or a set of images in mind? Um, City definitely had a, a theme in mind. Um, I was in Dubai at the time when I was working on that song. And, and in that in that situation, like Dubai is such a beautiful, uh, spectacular city with so much going on, so much to draw you out with your senses. Um, it, it's so seductive and colorful and, and beautiful. And um, there, there's just something so lush about it that I really wanted to sort of capture that in sound. And I think with that song and with the last song, Galactic, um, there was a real vision to kind of capture those concepts because I sort of had those, I had those, um, I guess those picturesque visions in mind of like a beautiful, colorful city that one is driving through that keeps, you know, tickling the senses and, and, and seducing your, your visual and auditory senses. Um, with Galactic, I really wanted to sort of conjure the images of, of, of colorful stars and traveling through space and, and a supernova in the climax of the song. I mean, there's a real beauty to making abstract electronic music in that, you know, you just sort of follow these, these strange dreamlike visions that perhaps only you as the creator see. And then um, you try and use that as inspiration to guide the sounds. With the other three, I sort of decided on on the titles kind of after the um, the songs were sort of fully formed based on how they were making me feel. And, um, and also with the vision towards the EP telling a story, which is... Um, a story from from the soil to the sky, you know, starting in natural organic beginnings um, in the forest and then moving in through a city that like visually one would move from a forest through a city and into the people and then off into the future. And then the vision opens up to some sort of um, larger than life galactic dreamscape i guess that's sort of the story that i kind of wanted to tell with the ep um but again only city and galactic were true to their titles according to my original vision the other ones and again there's the beauty with electronic music is that you can completely change the name of a song as, as you go along because there are no words um so i sort of fit the titles to the emotions of the song to sort of tailor the journey that one might take through the EP or the journey that I wanted to take the listener on. Yeah, and I was going to say, when I was listening to the EP, the song People uh, reminds me of music like from a 90s side-scroller on the first PlayStation and kind of leads me to ask, <laughs> were like, there any video games that you were playing while writing this or any video game soundtracks that you were listening to at the time? You're not the first person to tell me that um, that my music does conjure memories of video games. But you'd quit them a few years ago for time purposes. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, video games and television. They, they, there's not a lot of return on your time investment. Say with TVs, TVs can be like good long movies, but I video games, I 
I hear you. I, I play them very occasionally, but I don't consider myself to be an avid gamer because I got stuff to do. <laughs> exactly. And don't get me wrong. I love video games. I love the escapism. I love the other world, especially these days. It's like you can go into a whole other world with video games. And um, it's so dreamlike and so much fun. But it's also just so addictive. And it ends up taking so much more of your time than you wanted to give it in the first place. For sure. More time spent working on more music, obviously. Totally. I also... uh, read that you handled you know every element of the recording process with the exception of mixing and mastering where did you record and what was your setup like um most of what i do is programmed in midi and um so i would just do it at my home studio or on my laptop while traveling that's it i mean everything's happening in the computer anyway um it's all most of the actual sounds uh, come from software synths that I use. Um, aside from obviously things like the water running or, you know, the crickets or other sound effects, which usually I'll go out and do field recordings for those things. Um, but for the most part, everything would just be done on the laptop with a little MIDI controller keyboard. So um, based on that, I could pretty much do it anywhere. Um, and so I would mostly do it at home, um, or while traveling, like when we would tour very often in the downtime, it's a great time to be creative. And kind of on a broader level, I feel that might be part of the reason why electronic music is more popular than it's ever been just because it's the technology's caught up. It's just so much easier for artists to have the ease Mm -hmm. to, to create. Now, the EP, as I kind of mentioned, especially with my audio t- Audio Technica headphones, it sounds really uh, rich and full. What input or involvement did you have on the final mix? Um, I actually did, I would say, about 80% of the final mix. And then, um, you know, like, and as, as you probably know, you're probably working with, you know, up to 50 tracks, depending on, on the project you know, a variety of different synths and basses and drums and this and that. So I would, I would break all that down to way less tracks, like maybe 10, 10 stems as we call them. And, um, and at that point I kind of had the sound, I kind of had how I wanted everything to sound, all the effects, all of the panning, all the reverbs and all of the delays doing exactly what they should uh, and then I would take them over to a friend of mine, Ben Kaplan, who um, I've done a number of records with, with other artists, um, including Mother Mother. And um, he's got a, a bunch of analog gear. And at that point, we would run each all those stems through his analog gear. And then I would take advantage of his expertise in sort of putting the final touches on it, kind of fixing little things that might not have been quite right just making everything a little bit more full. Um, so that last step of mixing, um, we kind of referred to that as pre-mastering. Um, and it's always good for me to get um, another person to do that. Number one, because, you know, as the artist yourself, you get so inside it that you lose a bit of perspective. 
So it's great to have an outside listener, um, particularly somebody like Ben Kaplan, who is so experienced, who has such a good ear, and at the same time, really good equipment that we can then run it through. Um, so I feel like he really helped take what was already there as a vision and just kind of make everything better. Just fuller, bigger, a little bit wider. Is there a song that you feel best captures the tone of this release? Like a single one? I know it's only five, but... I kind of feel like um, Future. Future probably um, captures the tone of this release in the best way, just because it's, it might be the most diverse one. It's got everything from sort of a calm, smooth energy to a very high up-tempo, modern, um, electronica thing. It's, it's sort of the most diverse sounding song in, in a lot of ways for me. And I think it's the most representative of all of those of me as, as a musician. Good stuff. And, Another thing that I, I noticed was that the artwork for the singles you've released, along with the EP itself, is very modernist and abstract. Uh, you've got twisted buildings that look almost unre- un- unrecognizable at points. How do you develop the visual aesthetic for the project, and how do you feel it complements the mood of the music? Um, you know, a lot of um, what I do when we're on tour, I, and um, I probably speak for a lot of musicians when I say this, is, is we go to new places and we take pictures. Uh, that's it. We've all yes, got yes, our you phones do. with us with, with great cameras. So you go out and, and you take a lot of photos. And I, I, I'm really a fan of modern architecture. Um, I love the fact that humans can make these huge um, beehives, human hives, that are so much larger than life and so spectacular. They're, they're amazing art forms unto themselves. So I've always enjoyed taking pictures of them um, at interesting angles. And um, so as I was thinking of how I was going to make the artwork for this album, I thought, what better than my own sort of futuristic viewpoints of these, um, of these structures um, I guess I feel like it, it sort of complements the music in, in the realm that of, of sort of futurism, like modern architecture really is quite futuristic. And, um, and in the same way that I love sort of listening to just the sounds of modern electronic music, just the sounds that a lot of the artists that I like make these days it, it's just so beautiful just to let it into your your nervous system, just to just to absorb the sounds. In the same way, I kind of look at architecture in that way. It's like here is this beautiful stuff that I just I just like to stare at, just like to let it into my eyes, and um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's such an it's such a fun. Um, subject to work with when it comes to photography uh and and it's fun to bend that stuff much in the same way that i like bending the sonics and electronic music so i guess i kind of saw a through line there and just went with it i mean i gotta have some art 
may as well be my own. Yeah, of course. And that is something that I've kind of felt with listening to electronic music. And obviously a lot of pop music is incorporating a lot of electronic elements as well is that, uh, that, that it's that sense of, Oh, I'm listening to the future is kind of a, kind of inescapable in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just going to say that, um, there's almost the, yeah, I had this weird kind of thought that if you think about it, the, the name skyscraper itself is really kind of an audacious term. But we yeah. it's so commonplace that we don't even think about like how loaded that phrase is. It's like, no, you're literally just <laughs> punching your way. Yeah. Punching your way up. I mean, it's it's so incredible that we have managed to make structures this powerful, this big out of rock and just yeah i don't see yeah literally just rock yeah, but it's a, just yeah rock and glass rock I guess. and glass if you live in vancouver there's a lot of glass a lot of glass well and even just thinking about how you know we're we're gonna eventually get our get our way out of this pandemic period is it's it's human ingenuity and it's our advances in technology I'm just I'm optimistic obviously that this will not last as long as the last time this happened over 100 years ago but I have I'm optimistic obviously that we you know we're a century beyond <laughs> we the technology's obviously advanced significantly in the last 100 years so yeah um yeah what a strange time I mean I think this alone this experience alone is going to be a a huge um, push to technology that we're going to see all sorts of advancements. I mean, medically, um, just physically, behaviorally, a lot is changing just because of this. We're, we're going to be a different species than we were before this. I mean, I kind of feel like we already are a different species than we were before this, certainly psychologically and behaviorally now we're we're quite different than we were you know uh, a year and a half ago a year ago even i mean you probably get the same feeling i do when you're watching movies right now or or anything and almost everything that people do in these tv shows in these movies makes you go hmm, that's before covid look how close they are to each other oh look what they're doing it's like oh did oh, they wow, just share people. a drink it's like yeah <laughs> we don't do that anymore and it might be a while before we do that again. Do you think that the changes that will come from this will be kind of net positive? Because I am, I I am thinking that like one of the more positive things, as much as it is drawn from a negative, is there seems to be more sensitivity about people's mental health because this is something that everyone's going through that's causing a lot of stress for for a number of people. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think. I think positive and negative are, I mean, not to get too meta about it, but they are just human constructs and they, they probably come in equal measures in all things. Um, it's great that people are becoming more aware of mental health issues. At the same time, a lot of those mental health issues are, are probably being exacerbated 
by the limitations put on people um, and their behavior because, you know, they may already have um, some serious problems in life that now that their behavior is being curtailed, those problems may well be getting worse. You know, there is, we can probably see both sides of the coin as humans. Oh, there's this very positive thing. We've learned this. We've learned to be more compassionate. We've learned to understand more. And at the same time, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't understand, that, you know, reject the science, that, um, you know, don't necessarily take this thing seriously because they feel like they're not necessarily um, that susceptible to it, which is unfortunate for those that are vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the good things and the bad things will probably come in equal measures. Yeah, I, I think that's a fairly fair assessment. When this ends and when live shows are a thing again, because they will happen again, sooner, hopefully sooner rather than later, do you see a scenario yeah. in which you would play now as songs in a live setting? And if you did, what would that look like? You know, I, I don't really have a... Uh, that's not a goal that I hold to play the now is stuff live. It's much more about just the music and being creative and, and the production. Um, but if the day did come that it was to be performed live, I, I, it would probably just be me um, doing it much like a DJ would with some electronic toys present. Um, so I, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see myself playing drums live to it. I wouldn't see other live musicians. It would probably just be sort of a, a one person act much like, um, you know, your Amon Tobin or your dead mouse or something like that. Just cause hypotheticals here. Um, do, have you ever thought of like, Oh, what sort of visuals would be kind of cool to, to have, uh, like, you know, even just playing on a projector or something like that along with the music, you know, I I would want a 3D laser show. That's that's my dream. Like, I don't I don't know. I haven't thought about the projector as much, but I guess for me, my desire would be for anybody in attendance of the show to be immersed in some four-dimensional experience that's all around them. And I found that laser shows tend to do that in the most effective way. There we go. I mean, if you're gonna dream, you gotta dream big. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's next uh, for this project and for you in general? Um, well, there's a couple of remixes that um, that I'm working on right now with other artists. So um, I think those will probably be the next things to come out. Um, and then um, at the same time, I'm, I'm working on a full-length release. I guess this is a bit of a precursor to what would be a more um, significant a full-length release that would be more akin to what you would normally see from um, <laughs> um, yeah, my, my vision is to do sort of a, a full-length album um, with some videos and um, yeah right now I'm still just working on the music for the full length um, and this EP was a bit of an avenue for me to sort of get my feet wet and and have nowist have a little bit of a story to build on yeah i was gonna say it's uh one thing i noticed while listening to it is it's only five songs but they're about an average of about six to seven minutes in length so the ep is like a half hour which is almost an album 
if we're really splitting hairs there. I but. guess so. I guess so. Yeah. It's, um, I guess that's kind of the thing with electronic music that you're not working with your typical um, pop radio formula and therefore your, your pop radio listeners attention span for a song. Uh, electronic music can be much more of a journey. Um, and I think that's also championed by listeners of electronic music. Um, a lot of the, the, the stuff that I listen to is usually like if it's instrumental electronic music, it's usually a minimum of four and a half to five minutes. So, you know, your, your three minutes, 15 seconds, um, typical pop tune is, is sort of a completely different thing. So yeah, you're right. Five songs is, is quite a long experience when you compare it to like a normal band's music. It's almost like you can just save the, the two to three minute songs for Ryan. <laughs> he, he seems to be the master of that. Yeah, that man is a master of, of much. Um, yeah, he, it's funny. He's, um, he's such a big inspiration to me, of course. Um, just being in a band with him and watching how he can look at different types of songs and really realize unique visions for each of them, almost like each one was a, a poem, which they all are. Each one is a poem of its own that works in its own realm. And and I feel like he's often said to me many times, he says he sort of likes the constraints of the three and a half minute song. He likes the challenge of fitting things into that formula so that they work and yet they don't um, they don't immediately make somebody feel like they've just had uh, a pop song that they've digested within two and a half minutes and that they're all there that's all there is to hear it's like it's always deeper and you want to hear it again and you go for for deeper and deeper layers of meaning in there um, so yeah when you say he is the master of that he is he's i feel like he has consciously tackled that beast with quite a lot of success absolutely are there any local bands or artists that you'd recommend we bring on the show for a future episode um yeah do you know a band called um the hunting they're a vancouver band i i've heard bands with sit with similar names but not the hunting specifically mm-hmm. that's a great band you should have them on the show. Yeah, very, very cool, um, unique artists um, unto themselves. Um, great people. Yeah. What uh, What's their sound like? Art. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Cryptic. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it really is art. But check it out. I'm going to let the music do the, the talking for itself. Good stuff. Um, anyone else that you'd recommend, or is that like the, the number one? I'd say that's the number one right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Great. And uh, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to? Um, they can check out my Instagram, which is nowist.music. Um, and, of course, um, Mother Mother Music, uh, our Instagram. So I will – one of those two will definitely um, tell you exactly what's going on in my world. Those two things keep me rather busy. Um, very glad that we were able to to connect, Allie. 
Thank you, James. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio. Our YouTube channel is at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is PacificSoundRadio.com. And you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can share this podcast on your social media, and you can recommend the show in person from a safe social distance to your friends, family, and coworkers. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.